This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I got a special product for my cannabis love in kings and queens. If you love a good pre-roll, a joint, you have that fresh cannabis, we want to make sure it's staying fresh. And so I'm thankful to have Integra Specialty Products here at the Low Life Podcast. Brings you plant-based solutions for top-tier cannabis storage and packaging with two-day humidity control packs. Ensure the freshness, potency, and quality of your cannabis with Boost plant-based solutions that only puts in pure water vapor into your dried-out buds. Ideal for flour, pre-roll, edibles, they offer harmonious balance of convenience and freshness. For more information, check them out at www.integraboost.com or at Integra Herbal on Instagram. Use code LOWLIFE at checkout for 15% off your next online purchase at www.integraboost.com. Chip, chip, hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your host. <laughs> I can't. I just got a visual. Little look at my reflection as I'm speaking in this horrendous, shitty British accent. Sorry for the British accent. Um, just been doing a deep dive into the royal family. I've been watching so many specials and documentaries about uh, Prince Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles or whatever the hell her name is and uh, Lady Di and it's fascinating shit especially because the royals right now are still such a hot topic because as we're discovering there's racism behind the palace gates so it's been a fun distraction and I find all of that to be very interesting stuff I'm happy to be here with you guys though hello welcome everyone welcome to the low life podcast I'm your host Lo von Rumpf I hope you had a wonderful St. Patrick's Day celebration. Whatever you did in some parts of the country, you were taking off your mask, burning it, and going to a pub and sucking down beers, huh? Putting a little Jaeger bomb in there and throwing back some brewskis. <laughs> the thought of drinking a dark beer with like Jaeger in it, oh, sick. I'm not down. It makes me want to vomit. I'm not down with the Jaegermeister. Is that what you call it? I don't, I don't like the taste of it. But some people love it. And St. Patrick's Day has never been a big holiday for me to celebrate, but I have friends pre-pandemic that love to do like pub crawls and go to the bar and just get tanked. So if you were getting to enjoy that, uh, a pub crawl or whatever, I'm, I'm happy for that journey for you. And if you stayed at home and got tanked with yourself and drank Guinness beer and good for you, we have the perfect little St. Patty's Day hangover cure for you. A great episode of the Low Life Podcast. My dad actually invited me over to his house last night with my parents' house because he was doing a little St. Patrick's Day dinner. And I wasn't familiar with like what would be served, but he said it's a traditional St. Patty's Day feast. I said, okay, I'm down, I'm starving. So I drove to Orange County. First things first, as soon as my dad opens the door, it smells like someone's just been ripping farts in the house. Just the smell of like a wet fart just slapped me across the face as soon as I walk in. And I'm assuming that was the cabbage. My dad prepared corned beef and cabbage. Are you into that? Does that meal do it for you? Because it's really not something I'm into. <laughs> but of course, I'm, I'm always going to try food, even if it doesn't smell that good or doesn't look that appetizing. So he serves me a bowl and he had the little shamrock napkin, which was pretty cute. He puts the boiled meat, this corned beef in a bowl and put some chunks of cabbage in there and I guess uses a spoon and put some 
some broth, if you will, cabbage broth, which was basically just boiled water with some salt and cabbage remains in it. And he puts that on the table. Bon appetit. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is nasty. I didn't love it. It felt like a prison meal, like something I would eat as like a little orphan in the 1900s or during the Great Depression. I was in a Hooverville. Didn't do it for me, but my dad loves it. He had that with rye bread, with warm butter. He was all about that corned beef and cabbage life. So if you're into um, that kind of a meal, I hope, I hope you had a wonderful corned beef and cabbage experience. <laughs> I'm excited about today's episode. Excited because we have Dr. Venus Nicolino. Dr. V is what she goes by, and she's here for part two of the conversation with us. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, which was last week's episode, do yourself a favor. Treat yourself, queen. I love that episode. It's great because we're diving into relationships and dating and dating deal breakers and collecting red flags. And I realized that I've collected a few red flags on my little relationship journey. So it's a great episode. We also cover setting up boundaries, how important it is to set up boundaries with your friends, coworkers, family members. As for today's show, we opened up the Low Life Hotline to you, the listeners, and you guys came through with the questions. So if you don't follow me yet on Instagram, if you ever want to hit me up for a question or ask me anything, my Instagram handle is at stylelvr. That's S-T-Y-L-E-L-V-R. That's where we got all the questions for today's podcast. I love Dr. V's approach to psychology. I love how she answers questions because it's a very unconventional approach to things. She's a straight shooter. She's from Philly. She's no bullshit. And when I'm talking to her, one, I feel like I've known her forever, but I'm super comfortable and I could just keep that conversation going. Like I'm talking to an old friend. That's the vibe of Dr. V. But this old friend who I feel so comfortable with also happens to be a best-selling author, a highly educated, well-respected psychologist. I mean, she's an industry titan, especially when it comes to creating very healthy, sustainable relationships. So I'm really glad that I can share it with you guys. So in today's episode, I'm going to give you a little appetizer, a little tapa on what to expect. So first things first, you know that phrase, how are you going to love anybody if you don't love yourself? It's a personal mantra to me. I love that quote. I live by it. But Dr. V thinks it's bullshit. So she says it's bad advice. So in today's episode, she's going to tell you exactly why she feels that way. Of course, I have to challenge her on a few things. We also talk about monogamy and open relationships. Can an open relationship truly thrive and survive in the long run? We cover sex, dealing with crazy in-laws, coping with breakups, wanting your ex to die, hormonal imbalances, marriage red flags, and then, of course, we end it with a great round of rapid-fire questions. It's a great episode. You're in for a treat. So without further ado, let's just jump into the conversation with Dr. V. I also wanted to ask you, there's this phrase that I hear all the time. I don't know if I believe in it, Dr. V. It's when, you, when you're looking for love, that's when you're not going to find it. It's when you least expect it. Don't search for it. Just keep doing you and don't worry. It will come to you. Just you don't, if, but when you're actively pursuing it and whatever, and it's like almost like you're thirsty for it, stop and just let the, the laws of attraction, it will just bring it into you naturally. Just, you know, just keep living your life. It's, have you heard that before, right? It's yeah, common. Yeah. Like when you least expect it, that's when it comes. Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. Oh, I mean, okay. yeah, yeah, there totally. she is. yeah, it is. It's, uh, a, it's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, it's this idea of like when you're lonely, don't expect love. When you're alone, when you really need it, it's not going to come around. 
you know, when you least expect it in aisle eight of Trader Joe's, yeah. there I'll be waiting for you. Mm-hmm. That That's just not how humans operate. You know what I mean? Like right. you could, you could very well be, but, but I guess I also want to ask, like, how does one go about looking for love? Putting like, yourself out there. Yeah. Dating so, more, yeah. going on so apps. You, and you might find the love of your life. Sure. You know, just by doing that. The, the, see, the issue is like when, we, when it comes to this kind of thing, we never really, the, the bad advice never comes from the people who like survived it or, you know, yeah, I mean, like I was looking for love and like there he was or I, and, and there she was. I was super <laughs> lonely. And, and this is like, we never hear those stories. No. We hear the stories where it's gone wrong and people were suffering and they were lonely and they wanted someone to be in their bed with them every night. And, and, and that's when we dispense this bullshit to make people feel better. But living in the moment and feeling all of your feelings in that moment, that's, that's never wrong. It's always good. Yeah. You know, you're allowed to say I'm alone and it sucks and I can't wait to be in a relationship with someone. I can't wait for that, mm, you know? Yeah. And, and, I, and I also don't like the idea of, you know, the idea of like, well, just be in a relationship with yourself. Shut up. What? Like just, just like, I'm dating love myself. Yourself. I'm loving I'm myself. Loving myself. I do. I'm dating myself. Ooh, I am right now. Shut up. We are. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm dating can't. myself, Dr. V. You can't love anyone until you love yourself. Amen. You, yes, you can. What? Yes, you can. What are you, what are you talking about? I, okay, so that first phrase? of all, you're loving people all day long. You will love people and yourself doesn't give a fuck about how you feel about you, <laughs> you're still going to love people because that's the science of your biology. Your biology will always outwit your psychology. So this concept that you have to love yourself. Before you, know, you can love. It's not even. It's not even it, it, that's RuPaul. Like it also how are you going to love everybody if you don't love yourself? Okay. If you can't love yourself. How in the hell are you going to love somebody else? That's just not true. Okay, so first of all, I just want to say- My mind is blown. I'm rocked to my core right now. So I just want to say that you, it's impossible scientifically and biologically to love yourself in the way that you would love someone else. It's not supported by brain circuitry. Okay. It just isn't supported. So to put loving yourself in the same sentence with loving someone else or comparing those two things- Loving yourself doesn't exist in the way that loving someone else does. I can't love anyone until I love myself. It also implies that love is a sequence of events. First, I love me. Then I love you. And that's just not true. It also also applies that you have to be some kind of, you have to reach your highest potential before love will come to you. That's just not true. When I was 24 years old in the bar down in Manhattan, you know, <laughs> slinging vodkas, was I my best self? Was Hooking I up with your myself? husband, no! future husband. I know I wasn't yeah. loving myself. I was anything but doing that. Yeah. And by the way, like I <laughs> love tremendous amounts of people with enormous amounts of self-hatred. Like it's, you can, you can love other people and that's true. Still be working on you. This idea that you have to attain some higher self is just not true. You are always growing. You are always becoming 
that never stops. Oh, it I never love that. that never stops. It never changes. You're making me understand it more with that. It never stops. It never changes. It's always, yeah, and and that's the beauty of life. That's the beauty of being human. Is that maybe you don't. Maybe you'll have these moments of incredible uh, a sense of self care. And by the way, self care isn't what they mean when they say self love. Like I don't even know what loving yourself means because it's, it's impossible to do. You can't love anyone until you love yourself. It implies that you are stupid at love, that you suck at it, that you're just not capable of loving other people. Mm. You will love other people. Maybe you won't love them you know, in a way that you would want to, but your biology is going to love someone. No matter what. No matter what. It won't matter how you feel about you. You may not love them well. Well, that's what I, okay. Or, or the way you want. I will say but this. But you're going to love them. True. Uh, 20-year-old low in a relationship. I had a few long-term relationships. I did not, well, you're, you're going to hate it, I didn't love myself, Dr. V. But do you love yourself <laughs> now? Yes. I can't. Yes, no, I can't with this. I, I know. I, what does that I, even mean? As I, was, I love yeah. myself. What does that even mean? Okay. Well, I I won't use the term love myself, but I'll say this. I was riddled in insecurity. I wasn't confident in my career because I was just starting out. I was financially unstable, broke as a joke. I didn't feel good about myself. My self-esteem was in the dumps because um, I was, and I was kind of in hustle mode too. I had just a lot of stuff to figure out. Not that I didn't have the ability to love because I, I did. You're right. I did fall in love at a very young age. Right. Uh, not very young, 20. It was 20-year-old love. 20-year-old love. Volatile. Yeah. Passionate. Oh, it I was. Could, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. You were loving regardless of how you felt about yourself. Now, let me ask you this. Okay. Have you attained some high level of, you know, spiritual levitation that that, that that we all should be aspiring to? Is, is, is that what you're trying to say? I think so. And this is why. Lies. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> well, maybe like, I'm not the Dalai go, Lama. And by the way, you might go back to feeling. <gasps> you you might take some steps back. True. You might start something new. Yeah. And you might feel insecure all over again. And, you, and that's human. And that's life. And that's just people. That's true. Right. But I, I will say that that toxic, crazy, young, stupid love that I felt at 20 now at, at 31 and I've had a relationship, you know, at a point where I feel better about myself. I'm financially a little bit more stable, a lot more stable, actually, than I was at 20. Uh, and I don't know. I just feel more confident in who I am. Yeah, as These a outward things now affect your inward feelings toward yourself. I sure, get it. Sure. I get it. So now when I'm uh, going into a relationship, I'm not projecting my own shit on that person. I'm not making them You're projecting different things. Uh, sure. Because yeah. it's, I just feels a little healthier is what I'm saying. Yes. And it will. You're more mature. Yeah. You're an old soul. You're 76. I mean, if you don't have it down by now, I don't know what to say. <laughs> a few more years <laughs> left. Better figure it out. You're right. So, but yeah, you're not 20. Mm -hmm. 20 love is unique. I remember when I was 20. It's almost kind a good of thing love. to experience oh, it no matter yeah. what. Just go in. It's volatile. It's passionate. It's There's something about 20-year-old love 
you got all those hormones, the estrogen, the testosterone. It's just, it's oh my a, God. You're, you're still, I was a, like a jackrabbit. Your, your brain is still growing as well. Yeah. So, so the fact that you're more calm, really? Because I can't believe the sex I'm having now. Really? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, I love that for you. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not married, but I'm not <laughs> on a regular situation with someone. But I'd say like now if I was in a serious relationship, well, I guess, yeah. I mean, I'm into sex, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down for the physicality of it. Mm-hmm. But at 20 year old me, I, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, oh, it was yeah. crucial. Yes. Crucial. Now I'm like, I, I love it, but it doesn't, it's not be all end all for me. Yeah. It's something that y- you have it where it needs to be, you know, mm-hmm. like. It, is that, that's okay, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, you have, I mean, even needing it all the time is, is okay too at, at 20. So. Yeah. Or at 40. Yes. I just, I, I think we got to stop the judgments on ourselves. You can't love anyone until you love yourself. Amen, you, Dr. You're, you're going to love people. <laughs> I hope that I yeah. never stop loving people, no matter how I feel about me. I will mm. always love people. I will always do my best. And in loving other people, maybe, maybe I find out how to care for myself in doing that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's loving others that helps us care for ourselves because it's scientifically, you can't love yourself, but it would sound more eloquent if I said in loving others, maybe you love yourself, but you, you care for yourself, right? Yes. In loving other people, maybe it's that. And so this idea, and and by the way, it's a Western idea. Eastern philosophies don't talk about self love. They don't even know what the that is. They don't talk (laughs) about that shit. They talk self-care about self-care Sundays. Yeah, self-care <laughs> Sundays. Like they they talk about gratitude and loving other people. That's the basis of Eastern philosophies. Mm-hmm. And this idea of calmness within yourself. They don't talk about like loving yourself. Right. It's just one of those phrases that I think is terrible advice. I think it helps people feel worse. You can't love anyone until you love yourself. No, continue to love people. Even if you're imperfect, perfectly doing it. You're an expert at love because you have to be. Your biology says so. Yeah, we are made to want relationships, love. Yes. I mean, we're wired to want to share our stories, life, emotions, physical touch, like all those things with other humans. Mm Mm-hmm. Why not embrace it at every age? At every age or at any point in your life. You don't have to attain some kind of enlightened spiritual being to love people. For God's sake, you're going to do it anyway. Sure. And, and, and it's part of being human to not be this enlightened individual. I mean, it's kind of like, have you ever met people with high self-esteem? Yeah. Oh my, okay, I, we both suck. live in LA. They suck. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sit me at a table with the emotional losers any day of the week and yeah. I'll fit in. Have you met someone with high self-esteem? That's just super woke. <laughs> it's exhausting to be around. It is. It's exhausting. Yeah. Yet we're perpetuating this. You can't love anyone until you love yourself. Yeah. I get what you're saying with that. 
I get that frame of reference for sure. You're looking at that super popular, very specific statement that a lot of people live by, myself included. But your your lens is through a scientific lens, the lens of a doctor. So it's a very biological type phrase for someone like you and your perspective. But I think for a lot of people, myself included, I look at it as more of a general guideline to take care of mental health. Taking care of yourself, loving yourself is to me taking care of your mental health and making sure you put yourself first sometimes um, and being the best version of yourself, not only for you, but for your future partner. If you choose to share your life with someone, you know, self-love can go a long way. It could help other people too. I, I wanted to ask you uh, when it comes to relationships, if you're in a relationship with someone and they're not as sexual as you are, mm-hmm. but you're crazy about them and everything seems to be going great, but the, the, the sex just isn't there. This is a very, I've experienced it. I was the jackrabbit and my partner was not, they were just like retirement vibes, like not wanting any, it sucked. Were they on medication? There's reasons for that. There are reasons for that. For sure. I promise you there's reasons for low sex drive, Mm -hmm. whether it's low testosterone, low T, antidepressants, um, depression. There are reasons for a low sex drive. Do you think that sometimes people just don't have as high of a sex drive? As their partner, and that's just it is what it is. Like, well, it's not quantity; it's quality. So, right. if you're with this person and they enjoy the sex in, in the moment and at that time, and and they really love it, and they just don't need it every single day like you do, of course, like sex drives okay. are different. We've just started to have more open discussions about sex, yeah. like real, real discussions about sex, and that's a great thing. It's turned so many people's lives around. So when you say, like, can people have different sexual? Absolutely. And make it long term. Yeah. But, but make, make sure you distinguish whether that person or yourself is en- truly enjoying the sex that they're having or is, is it a chore? You know what I mean? Like, like because yeah. there's reasons for that. Yeah. There's reasons. Oh, I'm one of my girlfriends. She's like upset. She always has to initiate. And she's like, I hate that I'm always the one initiating. I'm always the one wanting to be wanted. Mm-hmm. I've never felt like he's like eager for me. Mm-hmm. They're getting a divorce, but mm-hmm. uh, which I was like, oh, bummer. Cause they're a really fun couple and they, I love doing game nights and stuff with them. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. Um, but she's like, it's, it's just too much. He's not on medication. He, it's kind of always been that. She's just been a little bit more wanting the Mm -hmm. physical and I guess the quality in those moments probably isn't that great either in that situation uh, because it's imploding, Mm -hmm. you know, after Mm -hmm. five years. Our sexual relationship is another language connected to the relationship as a whole. So how you experience your sexual relationship within the relationship says something about your relationship. It's mirroring it in many ways. Mm-hmm. So if there's something off in the sexual relationship, if there's something that just isn't right, it says something about the relationship as a whole. It's, it's, it's almost like a, like a symbol or a sign or it, it speaks to you. So think about that you know, when you are having sex, if you ever do again, Lo. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking cobwebs over yeah. here. But yes, blow the dust off my balls. And then when I finally do, I I'll mean, think a lot about of, that. A, a lot of men are afraid to initiate because they're afraid to feel rejected. 
Mm, that's so true. They need the, it's called emotional bidding. I'm going to bid you the emotional bid of I want to have sex tonight. And then he acquiesces. Mm. He doesn't need to feel rejected. He doesn't need to feel that sense of uncertainty, right? Right. It's a vulnerable thing to it initiate. Is. It is. So um, even in my own marriage for many years, I was the initiator and I hated it. I hated it. Meanwhile, I mean, my husband sends me like the sexiest text in the world. So it was definitely coming from, I desire this woman. I want this woman. And as we, the relationship evolved and we were able to have this discussion, he said to me, I'm, I'm afraid that you're not going to want wanted at the time that I want it. And I said, pretend that I always want it. <laughs> I pretend that I am I, always I, ready. I, yeah. Pretend that like give yourself the freedom Yeah, that I will always say yes. Cause I was trying to get him over Aww, this. That's I love that. I want to say that it was also indicative of the communication pattern in the relationship where he had this fear of me, my responses, my reactions. Why do you think that is? Because of the 24-year-old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spitfire yeah. that he meant. Three vodka sodas yeah, in that back turned then. Him the gone. You know what I mean? And still does. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget this. 10 years ago, I was telling my husband, I'm like, look, I'm going to like, you know, rip your heart out and stab it while you're sleeping. If you continue to do that, like it's like, he was, and I knew we would be together forever because he would look a little turned on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just, Got lo him. he loves the fire. He loves the fire. And so that, but fire can be a little scary, right? Yeah. So for us now, it isn't like that anymore. You know, he, feels confident in, a, in, in the initiation because we had to work together to make sure that he felt comfortable in stepping forward right? and that he steps forward more in the relationship now with his desires and his wants and what he needs before, I'll admit it, it was all about me, what I wanted, what I needed. And so now there's room for him. I had to make room, right? Yeah. How to like step back and be like, step, it's okay to step forward. So the point that I'm it's getting like at. It's like you created a safe place for right? both of you of just, it's okay, yeah. safe. The point that I'm getting at is that the sexual relationship is a physical representation and can inform you about other positives and negatives or neutrals in the relationship. That's what I'm getting at. Mm. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hair thinning impacts a lot of us. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. I've been recommending it to my friends and family. I take it. My mama, the queen, takes it. Queen, you love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I recommend it to my hairstylist. I recommend it to my sister-in-law and even my niece. We range in age from like 22 to 67. They're loving it. Yeah, they are. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, I love it. 
It's amazing. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. And we're back. 82% of people admit to having some form of a relationship at one point or another outside of their main relationship <gasps> or outside. It, yeah. On a self-report, 82%. 82%. So if if 82% of people in a confidential self-report are saying this, we are not understanding humans in the way that we could. And the reason being is religion. Mm. You get married, you die with that person. I mean, think about this. Is it really ethical and right that one person will be your everything? Not just today or tomorrow. For life. But till they die. (laughs) Till death do you part. One person is supposed to meet all of your needs. All of that. Is that ethical? Is that right? for us to put on each other as humans. And every time I have this conversation, it's always like, oh, well, you know, Dr. V, you're, you're promoting, uh, you know, being non-monogamous. And she, no, I'm not. Yeah. Because you can be monogamous. You can. But let's look at this in, with, with a lens that is real and based in reality. Let's, let's look at it. Like, let's, let's, let's ask ourselves, even that pressure, can push people to go outside of their relationship. Absolutely. So all of this pressure to have this perfect marriage, to be this perfect couple. To not cheat. To, to not sure. cheat. It's exhausting. And what's so sad is that there isn't a safe place for anyone to really talk about how they feel. And because they need to protect their marriage, they need to protect themselves from being shamed. It's like being a parent. You can't really say how you really feel. <laughs> God forbid. Like, you can't say on some days. I hate that little I bastard. I hate these kids. <laughs> yeah. And on some days you do. Mm-hmm. But you can't say that because you'll be shamed, particularly if you're a mother. You're a bad mother. You know, yeah. People love that. So as a society at whole, I'll go back to what I said before. We got to stop the judging. We got to stop. We have to come from a place of understanding. Yeah. So. Is monogamy nice? Of course it is. But here's what we get as a society. You hear about your friends who are getting married, right? Yeah, many, many of them. Then you'll hear about them either being divorced or you'll hear some bullshit story in their 90s of how they loved each other the whole time. We never have a true understanding of the development of a marriage over time. We don't. We don't talk about that. Yeah. Because that's private. That's private stuff. 
Yeah. You know, we, we, we just Within don't. the bedroom, yeah. it's a personal couple. Personal stuff. Yeah. And you even see that on, not that reality TV is reality. We all know it isn't. But the point that I'm getting at is that even when we open the door to the lives of other people, they'll, like, the season's over and they'll be, like, getting divorced. And people are like, what? <laughs> I never, they look so happy to me. Or they'll be like, oh, I knew that was coming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we never really, there's never a discussion about what led up to that point. Because we shame one another. Yeah. Everything's shrouded in shame. Mm-hmm. I mean, even uh, the thought of, you know, getting a divorce or breaking up your family or I, I wonder though, two thoughts. The first thought is our lifespan. I mean, it is increasing so much. I mean, yeah. If like, you, if, were you supposed look when you died at 25, of course you were monogamous, you yeah. know, <laughs> or the life or you even, know, and by the way, there were 10 people in your town. Sure. Sure. <laughs> or even in like the fifties, like people, yeah. if you live to be like 65, like what a blessing. Like a lot of people died at like 65, 70 was like, whoa, they lived to 70 years old. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, that to me, I'm like, I'm looking at Jane Fonda and all these, you know, incredible people that are doing it the right way in my head. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, they're thriving, living their best life at whatever age. 50, 60, 70, for hell, even 80. But just th- to think to be with someone, if you get married at, let's say, your 20s, 25 years old, and you live to, let's say, be 90, mm-hmm. holy shit. It's a really, really long time with one person. A long time. Such a long time. I think we need to, it's almost like the Supreme Court. When we appoint people, it's a lifetime guarantee. <laughs> well, if they're dying at 50 or so, when that whole thing happened, sure. But now we're like, ooh, like we got mm-hmm. someone in recently. I think she's like, in her forties. And we're like, Oh shit, mm-hmm. she's going to be making law of the land for like maybe 50 time. years. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is a big point, exactly. uh, appointment uh, into office. So, or in the Supreme court. So, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it should be like a leasing option. <laughs> you can like release if you want. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> well, so I was going to say too, like, I guess from your perspective as a psychologist, if there was a, a married couple and let's say they, I'm sure this has actually probably happened. I'm so, you can't say anything specific to your clients, but do you have people that have open marriages that come in? And is that something that can actually work? Absolutely. I I, I mean, that now is a very, not, uh, it's tricky, yeah. but I see it more and more. Really? Yes. Oh, I see it more and more. And it's usually when the couple is going through a rebirthing process of their marriage, meaning the second generation of the marriage, as you were discussing before. Mm, like the kids are... People, you know, people living much longer. Sure. You know, a marriage goes through an evolution. And usually when it's going through sort of this rebirthing process, the dynamics are shifting, the, the dynamics are changing. And usually that happens midlife. So for example men's testosterone goes down, you know, women's hormones are going down, like things are shifting where, you know, I once heard um, a doctor talk about how men become more in touch with their feminine side and women become more in touch with their masculine side. And oh, this, I love that. And, and this creates this incredible power dynamic. This is later in life? Later in life, in midlife. Mm. Because of the science and the biology that's going on inside of each person. 
So if your testosterone is dropping as a man, you're going to feel more in touch perhaps with your 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 feminine side. It, it, like if we're going to talk about it like that, right? Sure. Fe- male, female. Yeah. Um, and as as a woman, like perhaps you're kind of over being, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like you're like, no, 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 I got power too, asshole. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, so, so it shifts. You see that in the dynamic of marriages <laughs> like, sometimes? Oh, yeah. They're like, shut up. Oh, like the yeah. women just like, I actually said with my own parents too. My mom was like shy, meek, demure uh, in the beginning in her 20s. And now my mom's a spicy Latina boss. And yeah, she's calling the shots. I love it. It's so, I love seeing the dynamic too. So, so they have gone through this sort of role reversal, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly what I was talking about, yeah. where she is now in charge. So the power shifts. If a couple can make it through that transition, however they need to do it, whether it's monogamy, non-monogamy, open relationships. And, and, and by the way, we don't judge the gay world for open relationships. It's very common. Yeah. Incredibly common. We judge heterosexual relationships for that because there's women involved. <laughs> so, you know, you know what I mean? It's like women, you don't, you don't get to have autonomy over your, over your own body. You, yeah. you, you don't get to have that. Like, Even with a, to a lesbian couple, mm-hmm. it's a lot more, I guess, accepting of. Yeah. Because there's not a man involved. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, we don't put that judgment on gay relationships. So many gay relationships are open relationships, particularly if one man is a little bit older than the other. You often see that. And there isn't this sense of like, oh, you know, they're terrible and bad. It's sort of accepted. Yeah. So we only really see this uh, sense of you have to be my everything with in, in heterosexual relationships. Yeah. And the shame, mm-hmm. a lot of shaming in the heterosexual world. Mm-hmm. But it's not right. And they shouldn't have to feel shame. You should be able to, if you want to have an open relationship, do it. it maybe set guidelines or talk to your mm-hmm. partner. But I'm like, why is there rules for it? Like just whatever works for you, right? Well, with the couple. I will <laughs> say that in open relationships, rules and boundaries. Boundaries. We circled all the way back to boundaries. Yes. Are incredibly important. If you're all, if you are going to be having an open relationship, you need to have boundaries and you need to have rules that are laid out that just so everyone's on the same page. Sure. Right. Yeah. So I like that you're uh, it's very progressive in the in the way that you think about the idea of marriage and being with a partner and stuff. And it's not common that I hear people even say stuff like that. Have you ever listened to um, Esther Perel? No. So she is a fantastic doctor who is a, is a relationship quote ex. I don't even know what expert means, but is a relation. She focuses on relationships. She too sees relationships and marriage in the very same way that I do. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's, she's amazing. If you, if you, if you even want to like, kind of like dive a little bit deeper into the yeah. topic, uh, Esther Perel is fantastic. All right. So it's time for our next segment of the pod. The Low Life Hotline has officially been opened and the Low Lifers came through with the questions for Dr. V. God, I love that you guys are so open and vulnerable. So thank you for doing that. I'm not going to say the person's name who's asking the actual questions because, well, they're really personal things they're sharing. And I know people want advice, but I want to keep it anonymous out of respect for my listeners. So let's just jump into questions from the Low Life Hotline. Hit it. 
what do you do when your family doesn't approve of your partner? Do you think the relationship should be over? Absolutely not. The relationship should not be over. And at the same time, having this outward feedback has meaning. Otherwise, you wouldn't be writing in. This outside feedback is important to you. And you have to ask yourself why. Mm -hmm. Have they seen you make poor choices before? Do they feel as though the relationship perhaps is codependent? Are you in in an abusive relationship? Is it toxic that you can't see? And so you have these outside eyes that are there for you. So I guess I have questions. I have more questions. What is the relationship you're having with your family? Mm -hmm. And where do they fall in line? And what is it about this person that they don't like? Yeah. And sometimes it can go into that old expression of like, no one's good enough for my son or no, mm-hmm. no man's good enough for my mm-hmm. baby girl, mm-hmm. my daughter, you know, mm-hmm. some parents feel that I, if you take it to the extreme and now they're in their freaking thirties or wanting to get married and they're still not okay with it, that could be weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know the situation for this particular person. We've got to do some exploration. Well, yeah. So it's, it's I, I would say, ask, ask yeah. them, get more feedback. Yeah. More information is always good. New data new decisions. Yes. New data, new decisions, <laughs> yes. right? So, okay, we need you to get some more data, Queen. Data, data. I don't mm-hmm. know the right way to say it. Okay, next question. How do I not feel like I'm literally dying when I get broken up with? Oh, why do I take it so hard? I feel like it's unhealthy the way I grieve a breakup. Hmm. They don't call it heartbreak for nothing. Right. Your heart really feels like it's breaking. It's supposed to hurt. You're supposed to feel the way you are feeling. So I want to just, the person who, who, who wrote that, that question, you are a living, breathing, feeling human. And that is so beautiful. You have it down. If you weren't feeling, I'd be concerned. But the fact that you're writing that you feel so deeply is beautiful. Yeah. At the same time, I want to ask you, does it trigger perhaps a past trauma that maybe you're unaware of? Or there's a deeper loss that it taps into, maybe even a younger loss that you experienced, what makes this feeling unbearable? What makes it feel like you're going to die? There's something else behind this. There's something, it's triggering a younger sense of who you are. It's triggering a deeper loss. I I would ask yourself some more questions. What you can do, because, you know, you ask these questions and people are like, oh, okay, so what can I do about it? Yeah. Number one, Everything you're feeling is valid. Every single thing you feel is valid and beautiful. Ask yourself some questions and know that the heart is one of the few things in the body that can get stronger as it's broken. So you've survived heartbreak before and you'll survive it again. 
and again and again. You're a survivor. <laughs> it's too many agains. <laughs> I'm over here crying. Like, it's not even. It was really my question. <laughs> um, no, I. That's beautifully said. Thank you for that. Um, I hope that helps this listener, me. Um, <laughs> I always said too, because uh, I've experienced some heartache. We all have. But uh, I always think, and this might sound so dark, but I'm like, man, I, I almost wish my ex died because I feel like burying them would be easier. Like if they died, it would be easier for me to understand that more. So having a little funeral in my head for that person almost gives me a sense of closure. I don't know if that's a healthy mm-hmm. thing, but I've had a couple funerals in my head for people. Mm-hmm. Like, this is goodbye. I'm going to grieve this. I'm going to feel it. It's going to be hard. Fuck, I really love this person and I'm going to have to let him go. And it's like, but the only thing is they're not at a cemetery. They're literally 15 minutes away yeah, at Trader a Joe's. Myth. Closure's a myth. There's yeah. no such thing as closure. Yeah. We have to stop saying that. You have to do what you need to do to get closure. Okay, so closure is a myth. Yeah. What heals people? Time. Time heals. Time heals. Mm-hmm. I do like this funeral idea, though. And if it's how you put perhaps a comma or a period after the the end, if it helps you do that, um, that's a good thing. But I want to tell you that well, I've closures... Never talk, I've never talked about this with anybody. So oh, it's uh, fascinating. Wow. That's that's a really a fascinating coping skill. And yeah. if it helps you again to kind of feel more at ease and feel calm and be able to grieve and feel that loss. But I go through it. The grieving. I'm mm. sad. I'm frustrated. I mean, all of that. I, mm. I let of myself co- feel I, it. Someone died. Literally. According to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I really feel, but it, it helped me. I mean, it's tough to go through, but it has helped me because mm-hmm. now I, I look back and I'm like, I actually crazy enough. It's almost like when you lose someone, you know, when someone dies and, and even though they were like a total asshole, when someone dies, they're like, oh my God, like he was the best person in the world. <laughs> I just, he was everything. And he was like, just an that. angel. That person was yeah, not nice. Yeah, exactly. They that were, person was kind of an asshole. Yeah. They were like mistreating me all the time. Right. But now I look back on that relationship in this, with this person who was not kind. And I'm like, you know what? Bless them. They were a good person. And I'm at retrospect and I actually look fondly on those past relationships. So that grieving thing I do in my head actually kind of helps with my perspective of the person down the line. I, mm-hmm. I look at it and I don't have anger, anything I, because I've gone through it. So I don't know that mm-hmm. can help. Well, true healing is being able to wish the person the best and mean it and really mean it that yeah. you want good things for them. Yeah. If you can get to that place, you have truly gone through the grieving process mm-hmm. and, and, and you've maintained the love you maintain the love if you can wish good things on someone who hurt you. Mm. You're still loving. Get going back again, yeah. just the the this loving concept. You're still a loving person, oh, I, and that's beautiful. Yeah, that really is. Like you're allowed to love people just because they're not in your life or not in your orbit or not in your world. You have to stop loving them. You can still love them. You're allowed to have that. Mm-hmm. This idea that like when you break up or you lose someone, oh, all the love just ends. No, yeah, the, love, the, wall, the love still happens. You still feel it. It's why you're grieving. It's why you're at a place of loss. It's why you're fucking having fake funerals in your head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you still are loving. <laughs> 
cannot with you. <laughs> All right, sorry to interrupt, but we'll be right back. All right, now let's get back to the show. Okay, here's another one. How? Oh, this is one that you're going to have great advice for. How do I deal with a toxic mother-in-law who has absolutely no boundaries? My husband does not seem to help with much. I'm asking for a lot of help here. I feel powerless in the situation. Two against one. Oh, that is a terrible place to be. A very, very terrible place to be because you and your husband, it's imperative that you are a united front in raising your children, in dealing with parents, in-laws. Your relationship, your husband needs to be, you. the two of you need to be a united front. And just in the way that sex informs us about a relationship, a third party can too. The fact that a third party can come in and kind of poke at the relationship and poke at you, there's a foundation problem. There's a foundation issue going on. And then you have to ask yourself about your own boundaries. You know, we're talking about the mother-in-law boundaries, but what makes her what makes her feel like she gets to cross your boundaries? What is, is it the husband or are, do you have perhaps some faulty boundaries yourself? And then every time someone emotionally crosses them, you feel hurt and resentful. I think it's important to look at who you are in this threesome. And then you need to sit your husband down <laughs> because you don't, you shouldn't be in a threesome. You shouldn't. You didn't marry the mother-in-law. You didn't. You married your husband. You're going to have to have some straight talk with him. And my feeling is you probably have, but probably yelling matches, probably in a way that he, he couldn't take in. We were talking earlier about you, so, someone can't hear your point if you're stabbing them with it. And I'm wondering, maybe you write a letter to your husband, maybe even to the mother-in-law. A, a loving letter about how you feel in a very vulnerable way that you feel like your emotional boundaries are being crossed and the love that you have for both of them and that you're unable, that th- this, the family is unable to grow because it's consistently, there's all this toxicity happening. You know, maybe you, 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 you write a letter, communicate. I guess what I'm getting at is you need to communicate how you feel in a way that other people can hear it. Now, if you've communicated in every single situation how you feel with these two people, but it's not landing, then you have a decision to make. Either you get outside help or this relationship may be very painful for you. Yeah. And can you handle that pain? Right. You know, gotta oh ask my, yourself that. It's, yeah. a, it's a tough situation and my heart goes out to her. Mm-hmm. Oh god, and th- th- that's such a, a common thing with like the the mean mother-in-law, mm-hmm. or you know, it, and I hate that it's always like the mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like, where are the dads in this situation? Maybe the dads are there too, but like, it's very common to hear the mother when it comes to the son and the mom. There's the mom that's just overstepping boundaries, and I don't, I don't know if that's just a, a terrible stereotype, um, but it I, just, I think so. I think there's, I think it's, it happens, and I think that it also is a generalization. Yes. I mean, like, we don't like, look, women were being chastised for being mean. You're mean. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this whole like situation with Ellen happening. So that's, oh, that, yeah. like, oh. that's her, 
that's what you're upset over. She was mean to you. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? We have men like <laughs> raping women in the workplace, but Ellen's mean. Yeah, she's you know what not I mean? friendly to she's work. Not friendly. With. Like it, it's so ridiculous to me. So mm-hmm. I just there's a huge there, double standard. It's just so easy to hate on we don't like powerful women, period. Mm-hmm. As a society, we don't like powerful women. Um now in this situation, uh who knows what's happening here. Right. You know, I mean if if you know we we have to trust that what the question is 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 the question. And 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 I would say you know, be able to communicate how you feel in a very vulnerable way, either through a letter, through talking, sitting them both down together. A lot of times there's splitting happening where, you know, he's having a relationship with the wife, but then he's having a relationship with the, with the uh, mother saying different things. Like, like get everybody, stop the triangulation, get everybody in the same room and, and really talk and about really it. Out. Yeah. So if you oh, feel wow. a certain way about, the mother, make sure you always say it with the husband present. It's, it's a heterosexual relationship, right? Yeah. Okay. If you have something to say to the husband about the mother, make sure the mother is present. So stop the triangulation. That That's first and foremost. Yeah. Um, and then be able to communicate how you feel in a way that they can hear you. And if they can't hear you, get outside help. Yeah. Love it. I could be with you literally all night best. Okay. So, um, <laughs> hi, Dr. V and low love your book, read it obsessed. Oh, she a fan. Hmm. Um, how, how do you attract decent guys and less jerks? It seems like all I've been attracting lately are guys that only want one thing. It just seems very difficult to meet someone who wants something genuine. I'm, I'm very confused on what I'm doing. Is it something I'm saying? Not sure. Would love some help or advice. Mm. Well, it's really important that you put out there what you want. So I'm wondering if your message is a little gray. Because if they're if you're not getting what you want, perhaps you're not voicing it in a way that that person can understand. Mm. You know, if you're not looking for a f- buddy, you make that clear that you are looking um, and wanting to be in a loving relationship. Now, that's a vulnerable thing to say. Be very f- and clear about what it is you want. And then after that, when you see the red flag that you're not getting what you want, get out of the relationship. So this idea that you're attracting jerks, no, you're not attracting jerks. You're collecting red flags. I just want to give her tools to be able to navigate the situation. Also, are you attracted to a certain kind of person like you were kind of getting at a little bit because they remind you of a of another person like are you attracted to men who might be unavailable because maybe your mother was unavailable or your father was unavailable or someone in your life left you you felt abandoned like look at yourself if you can from an objective point of view after that, you're going to have to implement tools because insight doesn't lead to change. So I could sit here all day long and we could hypothesize, we could theorize why, you, why you're doing this, but insight doesn't lead to change. You know what leads to change? Change. Taking action leads to change. So the way you're going to do that is you're going to tell people, these men, exactly what you want, exactly what you're looking for. If they don't want that, ask them to leave. Ask them. This isn't what you want. I get it. You know, people are out there, they're, you know, they want buddies. They're just looking to play around. Sure. I get it. I get it. But that you wouldn't be for me. 
So this is what I want. If they want that, then that's great. I love laying it out. Lay it out. Lay yeah. it out. And then once you lay it out, and if you feel like you're not getting what you want, you can voice that maybe once. Maybe collect one red flag. Because I mean, it doesn't need to. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, look at me already. <laughs> Expanding her boundaries. Um, let's say after two red flags. Get Fair. out. Get Fair. out. Get out. Just mm-hmm. be like, okay, I, I don't like this. The more you say no, the easier it gets. You say no. Mm. You know what I mean? Like these mm-hmm. guys that are jerks. It's like, uh, you know what? No, 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 no. You don't get to do that to me. You don't get to talk to me that way. You don't get to treat me like that. No, I'm done. Hell no. And and be Bye. done. Bye. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I ask you one yeah, more? Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. So just because I got asked, this was, yeah. we kind of touched on it earlier in the episode, but hi, uh, Lo and Dr. V, how do I not feel defeated when everyone seems to be getting married but me? Oh, honey, you are the lucky one. <laughs> yes. Are you out of your fucking mind? You are winning. Yeah. You are not being defeated. They look at it like, oh my God, yeah. all my friends are getting booed up and I'm over here single, not ready to mingle. You know, I while I joke, I want to just say that I, I, I can empathize with what you're feeling. This kind of idea of like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Why am I not being chosen? Or why can't I find this person to spend the rest of my life with till death do you part? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like, sounds like a horror movie. I, I can empathize with that. What you can do is stop comparing yourself to other people. You are your own journey, your own story, your own narrative. You are the writer to your life. Don't let these other people write your story, help you feel defeated because they're getting married. You are the source of abundance in your own life. Stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Stop doing that. And and then ask yourself, where else do you do that? You are powerful. You have the ability to write your own narrative, to write your own story. Don't look around at at other people and see yourself as a deficit. You are abundance. You will always be abundance. Always. Mm, Amen. even thinking that whole till death do us part. Till death do us part. This is a huge <laughs> life decision. If you're going to make it. Yeah. Why are we all treating it like a race? I don't know. I'm not racing. I'm at my own pace over here. Yeah. I'm the tortoise. I'm not the hare. Exactly. Is that the tortoise and the hare? The, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. If, if, I'm a I, freaking turtle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm a turtle. Rapid fire question time with Dr. V. Yeah. Rapid fire question time. What does this mean? I feel like it's very aggressive and I'm scared. So aggressive. What's what's rapid fire? What's happening here? (laughs) Yeah, just shooting questions at you left and right. Here we go. All right. Cottage on the beach or cabin in the woods? Cottage on the beach. Mm, Love that you picked. I'm a Pisces. Of course. Come on. Jesus. (laughs) Your celebrity male crush first. Then we're going to go celebrity female crush. Celebrity male crush. This is a weird one. I'm a little, I don't know why I, 
This is a weird one. Eric Bana. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Wait, didn't he date um, Halle Berry? I don't know. I don't no, care. No. Okay. Yeah, I get it. He He's my celebrity crush. The hell she's he looks been. a little like my husband. If we're going to be honest. Yeah. Oh, that's... oh, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. my God. So hot. Yeah. Yeah. He looks a little like my husband, actually. He was in Troy. He was freaking oh. hot. Oh, my Spartan God. Soldier. Like, I never watched the movie, but I was obsessed with, like, him. Yeah. I, that's not a weird choice. That's a great choice. Well, it's a, it's a not a common choice. It's not a common it's uncommon. one. Yeah, Eric that's the Bana. first time on mm. uh, the, the low, low life. <laughs> yeah, we have not heard that one before. Uh, female celebrity crush. Female celebrity crush. Mm-hmm. Who does it for you? Mm. I love a Salma Hayek. Oh, yeah. I love that. That was my mom's too. I love a Salma Hayek. A, a Pisces. I love a Diane Lane. Okay. Uh, if your belly button had one magical power any power when you press it what would you make that belly button do i have an orgasm <laughs> like it would touch my clit <laughs> like i could just go like this yeah. and it would be like instant well i'd be touching it would be my clit right if i could yeah <laughs> for sure that's perfect go to cheat meal i i would have to say starbucks Egg white, those egg white puffs. Oh, those egg yeah. white like bullshit. Are you going the, the the bacon Gruyere cheese one? Oh, or are you going yeah. the vegetable one? No, I, I, the 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 Gruyere. Oh yes, mm-hmm. perfect. When are you most inspired? When I'm being creative, and when I am sharing an in the moment process with another person, I feel so human and so vulnerable, and yet so present. So when I'm being creative and when I'm really, I think, being empathic in, 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 a, in, a, in a much more in-depth way. Yeah. Basically when I'm with clients, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I feel very inspired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you picked the right profession. A uh, movie that is a mood changer for you. One that you've watched mm. more than once. Maybe you can even quote it. It's the only movie that you're going to get on a trip, on a boat. This is the only movie that will be played. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, so sweet. The idea of how we affect one another and what would happen if you were never on the planet. How many lives you would affect. The webs that we make and the lines that we draw and how we affect others that we're not even aware of Mm -hmm. fascinates me. Yeah. Fascinates me. Same. What is your, well, I'm so curious. You're going to be like, I hate this. What is your top love language? Do you know the love languages? Do you think you hate Um, it? Well, I mean, it's not that I hate it. I (sighs) just, I I mean, I love it all. Like, give it all to me. Okay. Okay, great. Oh, great. Like, I'm speaking all languages. You're very familiar with all of them, right? Okay. I'm speaking all the languages. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a words of affirmation person. I give it. I love to get it. I'm a, I, I'm a gift giver. I love to get gifts. Um, yeah. What are some of the touch, physical touch when I need it? You know Quality what I mean? time. Quality time. Well, I, 
let's skip that one. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I love them all. Like yeah. at different times, I need different things. And at different times, I'm able to give different things. Yeah. So when we were having this conversation about love languages, that was really the piece that I disagree with because if you get caught into this idea that you are a very specific love language, you're unable to change from that idea, right? I'm gifts. That's all I am. And no, maybe, I'm kidding. But, but, kidding. No, but today you might be gifts. Yeah. Tomorrow or with someone else, you might be words of affirmation. Totally. Right? Yeah. Like you change. Mm-hmm. I, I want all of the languages. I think it's ever-changing, like you said. Yeah, it's you- ever-changing. Mm-hmm. Ever-changing. And I speak all of them. Yeah, I can you give all sure of them. Sure, do. Yeah, and, and receive all. Of them. God, you'd be so fun to be in a relationship <laughs> with. Oh my god, I'm like, how do you think my husband turned up with me? <laughs> <laughs> What's the last show you binge watched? The Queen's Gambit. Oh, great one. Yeah. Oof. Oh, and um, The Crown. Oh, was that? It the was Prince? a slow burn. It was, I'm going to okay. be honest. It was a slow, slow, slow burn. Uh, but I did finish it, and I loved it. Was that with Princess Diana the story? Yeah, yes. Okay. It's really about Queen Elizabeth. Interesting. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. All right. I'll give it a go. Because I was two episodes in, and I was like, this... I did the same thing. I turned it off. I'm like, this. I was like, yeah. this is too slow for me. Mm-hmm. But then I got really into it. And I was like, wow, this is great. Okay. I'm yeah. getting, uh, the budget was one of the highest for a Netflix show. Yeah. So it's they really insane. pulled out all the stops. What's something that people commonly get wrong about you? That I'm a ball buster or that I'm tough. I remember I had someone on a marriage boot camp and I forget who the celebrity was, but she was like, I'm just so scared of Dr. V. <laughs> and I was like, I'm such a sweetheart. Like, I really am a sweetheart. So yeah. I think that people get that wrong, but it's probably because I put out that as well. Don't f with me. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you how it is. Like I, but I think that's a yo Philly. I think I'm. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> You're a it's, Philly girl. It's, it's a yo Philly. Like I grew up salt of the earth. I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. You know, you, you f with me. I'll f with you. Like yeah, <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm down for that. When you die, if you get to come back to the world reincarnated as an mm-hmm. animal, which animal would you choose? I would choose a. All black German shepherd. Yeah. The best. German shepherds are the best. And super smart. Yeah. One of the top smartest breeds. Yeah. All all black German shepherd. Oh, I Mm. love it. And last question for rapid fire. What's a quote that you like to live by or one that you just love? Leave us with a good Dr. V quote or a quote from anyone. One that you really love. You can't love anyone until you love yourself. Ah! That's perfect. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, I love having you as a guest. Oh, and Dr. V, if you love hearing her, of course, she's a joy to listen to. You can get more of her because special announcement for the low lifers. Dr. V is going to have her own podcast. Finally, Mm -hmm. you've been on. Wait, you said two. Yeah, over 200. Over 200. Over 200 interviews. I was like 250 today. So now she finally is going to bless the world with her own podcast. And today we did a photo shoot um, for the cover art and we got some really great images. Um, So I can't wait for you guys to tune in. I'll make sure I include a link on this episode to her podcast. Um, It's coming out in April. 
um, but I'll link up all her social media and everything so you can follow her. She has a YouTube channel that I subscribe to as well. Um, you can just keep in touch with Dr. V. Slide into her DMs. And yeah, we can't wait to hear more from you. And I just wanted to tell you that this was one of the highlights of my year. Oh, yeah. really? Remember I said that I am incorporating leaving people and telling them as if I were never to see them again. Yeah. This you made this is the highlight of my year. Oh my god. So thank you. I really appreciated this. This was Sweet. so fun. And I love you. Oh my I love you too, Dr. V. Oh, <laughs> Goodbye. I'm losing it. Thank you, Dr. V. All right. I'm calling it a night. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I love me some Dr. V. And don't worry, she's coming back for more episodes for sure. She's my little relationship guru, my love expert. And she'll be back on future episodes, especially because she has her own podcast coming out very soon. Spring, summer, her podcast comes out. So she'll be back on mine to promote her show. Plus, I'm going to be a guest on hers. So we're going to keep the conversation going and flowing. More Dr. V coming up in the future for you. I just have to take a little moment to say gracias, merci, danke, thank you. Thank you so much to my low life listeners. I appreciate you so much for taking the time, one, to listen to this podcast because we all know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. So the fact that you take the time to listen to my little show, this little shit show, like I appreciate it so much. And then on top of that, leaving a five-star rating, a review uh, writing the review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing to this podcast. I can't thank you enough. I'm so grateful and I just never want to take you for granted as a listener. So thank you for taking the time to do that. It's so important. I say it every time because it is that important, uh, especially with an up and coming show like mine, <laughs> like this little engine that could or couldn't at times. The fact that you'll take the time to write a review, it helps tremendously with the podcast. It goes into the analytics and it helps with the algorithm for Apple Podcasts. But I just know that we're able to still do free shows and put out great content. My producers, my editors, myself, you know, there's a whole team behind this. And we're able to do that because you take the time to actually leave reviews. A lot of you are leaving first time reviews and it doesn't have to be like super lengthy. It can be, it could be whatever you want. You can leave a freaking eggplant emoji, a little poop and a heart, whatever. Like as long as there is an actual comment left, that's everything. So thank you for taking the time to do that. I want to give a shout out to some listeners that have left some reviews. I read each and every single one of them. And again, I'm, I'm so grateful for them. All right. First things first, we got Jazz DLC, J-A-Z-Z-D-L-C. And she writes, I love Low. He's the best part of my Thursdays. He feels like my cousin. <laughs> is that weird? LOL. His family sounds like my family. I wish I could meet him. I love him and he already loves me. I'm a Pisces. <gasps> you right. You know I love you. If you're a Piscean queen, my little fishy fish. Anyways, 10 out of 10 recommend and rate the show. I love you, Lo. Mm. Maybe we are family, Jazz. Who knows? Are you Hispanic? Perhaps. I mean, those Hispanics, we procreate like little rabbits out there. So maybe you're a long lost cousin of mine. Wouldn't that be a little plot twist? All right, next little special shout out goes to Nicole R. Walker. Hey, Nicole. She writes, I love the March 4th episode of Just Low. So funny. I love listening to him talk. It was like we were sitting in a room together having a conversation, crying face emoji. <laughs> uh, Nicole, I appreciate that comment, especially because 
those solo missions that I do, it's such a weird feeling sometimes doing a solo episode. Like, just to paint a picture for you guys, like, I'm literally in a closet by myself in darkness talking to myself with a microphone for two hours. Like, it's, mm, it could be a little weird. Um, it's like my innermost thoughts, you know? Um, so sometimes I struggle with those episodes, but the fact that you enjoy them makes it so worth it, especially because I never wanted this podcast to be dependent on any sort of guests. Because I know that can shorten the lifespan of a podcast. When you're dependent on a guest, when shit comes up, especially like pandemics, like that taught me a lesson. Like I can't be reliant on anybody to come on the show except for myself. And even then I can sometimes not be reliant to myself. So, you know, um, I appreciate you for loving the solo episodes. Um, I have fun doing them, even though they're in the darkness of my closet. All right. Next shout out from Apple reviews and comments comes from Quellen. <laughs> Wait, is that really your name? Jay Quellen? That's one of my favorite skits. Have you seen the Jay Quellen skit? It's uh, with Keenan Peel, and he plays a substitute teacher. Just look up substitute teacher Jay Quellen. It will come right up. Anyway, if that's your real name, five stars for that freaking name. I love it. Uh, and Jay Quellen writes, by far my favorite podcast. I loved when Lowe was on Off the Vine. Was thrilled when he got his own show. My coworkers actually catch me laughing out loud to his show, especially when his Canadian Maple Delight is on. <gasps> That's little Queen Caitlin Bristow. You know, I love her. Thank you, Jay, for supporting the podcast. All right, next comment comes from Kelly Schwack. Did I say that right? Sh uh, S-C-H-W-A-C-K Schwack, perhaps? Okay, Kelly writes, my first time ever, all caps ever, leaving a review for a podcast. You're just that good, Lo. Five stars with a heart. Love you. Love the queen. Oh, love it all. Mm, Kelly, I love you too. That's so sweet of you to say. I can't wait to have my mom on more episodes. It's so funny. Every time my mom's on an episode, the queen, she's like, oh, they, they're going to just, it's oversaturation. Like I should just not be on anymore. I'm like, what? Get out. Get your ass over here, queen. Um, they love you. But yes, I'll have her on more episodes. And thank you for leaving that comment, especially if you're not someone who writes comments all the time or ever. <laughs> so thanks for taking the time to do that. And one more comment shout out uh, to Deanna022489. And she writes, Lo is the best. And I just love the podcast. Can he please marry Caitlin and Jason? Heart, heart. You know what? I would love to marry them. If you've seen Shit's Creek, like I'm going to do the whole Pope wig situation if I do get that opportunity to marry them. But if not, I need to be in the wedding of some sort. But I'd like to marry them. I'd like to be at the altar doing it. That would be so good. Because, you know, the outfit would be incredible. What a moment. I'd love to do those vows for them. Uh, but we'll see. Thank you again for leaving those comments. I appreciate each and every single one of you. And I hope you have a great weekend. I'm doing a little spring cleaning. I've been spending a lot of time in my closet. It's time to clean it out. I have a lot of shit I got to get rid of. So I'm be doing a little spring cleaning, putting on some masking, relaxing, binge watching a couple shows making some delicious smoothies, and I hope you do the same. Have a beautiful weekend ahead, but don't forget to drink your water, puta, because I know you're thirsty. I love you, and I'm out. We keep it moving, yeah, we do. Hey y'all, I'm Brandi Cyrus. Wait, are we live? <laughs> and that's my mom, Tish. Sorry, we're stoned. 
You're going to have to talk into the mic, toots. Hey, everybody. It's Tish the Dish here. Just ready to dish on all of life's hottest topics. And plus, you'll hear crazy family stories, design tips, and oh, so much more. So follow our pod and find us on Instagram at Stone so you don't miss an episode. Bye, stoners.